The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America, 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Hope you are having a great Wednesday morning. It is hump day, five minutes past the top of the hour. Ben, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I am good. I am good. Good to know. You, you, you um... Are you building building it brick, brick by brick? <laughs> no, not like this Tennessee basketball team. Man. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Games like this happen, though. They really do. You just hate that it happened at the Madison Square Garden. You hate that it happened in the Jimmy V Classic. You hate that it happened with so many eyeballs on this on this game. That's, that's where you're... That's where you hate it, um, that it happened. Big time platform, big time stage. Not that the opponent was big time because, you know, Texas Tech was ravaged, their roster was, because of Chris Beard going to Texas. They had to get into the transfer portal and got a lot of players from, from the portal, but it wasn't so much all right, here's a, a top 10 opponent, top 15 opponent. It was the fact that it was Madison Square Garden. That that stinks. And that's the mecca of college college basketball. For Zakai Ziegler going back home. And there's, there's a lot of pressure when you go back to the, the house and you play in front of your, your friends and your family. Um... Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't because you're pressing too much. Too much. Zakai five nine had some trouble finishing around the basket. Had some trouble making some plays in the paint amongst a team that <clears throat> is long. Excuse me, is long and athletic, um, just like our team was last year, where it seemed like everyone was six four, six five, uh, and above with a long wingspan. And I thought Zakai had some. Some troublemaking plays are in the fours um, there. Obviously, shooting the ball was the biggest problem. It's the biggest problem. It's a make-or-miss league. It's a make-or-miss game. The most obvious statement ever when it comes to analyzing the game of basketball. But Tennessee had open shots. Tennessee could have put the ball on the ground, uh, on the floor, as some of the Red Rider defenders was running at us, taking a dribble, got a better shot. But most of the shots, man, were, whew, I mean, they were good shots. I mean, what do you do? You turn down a bad shot? Excuse me, you turn down a good shot to take a bad shot just because it's closer? I know a lot of people were kind of screaming that last night. Stop taking them. I mean, I get it. The same folks, though. Here, here's my thing with that. Good shot. Same people who were thrilled about the amount of threes Tennessee was taking to start the season. 
Like, what what do you want? Do you want Tennessee to take the the shots, or, or do you want, or do you not want them to take as many threes? Do, do you want them to take as many threes as they were taking, or do you not? They want them to, They want Tennessee to make them, and when you're not making them, find something else to do. Which I I understand that in theory, but when you're given open shots, you can't just pass them up because now you're going to take bad shots and bad shots generate fast breaks on the other side more than anything. Kennedy Chandler took a bad three and it was an easy two points the other direction. Mm-hmm. Tennessee called a timeout or it was a TV timeout, but you know, Jay Billis emphasized how bad shots generate transition on the other side. And so, Yes, you want to find other ways to get your shot going. Driving the ball to the basket, getting fouled, getting to the free free throw line, seeing the ball go through the rim. That can help with your confidence. I thought that uh, Vescovy, you know, his his shot was offline. Man, the 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 last shot to win the game was offline. It was to the right. A couple of his, of his threes were, were offline, and so well, that one irritated me because I he had a wide open look from the corner. But Tennessee had numbers on that final possession, and I was screaming at my TV, go to the rim, go to the rim, push it, push it, push it. Yeah. And they pulled it out and settled for a three. And look, I get it. Santi gets a, a great look from three. It felt like that ball was going to go in. It did. It kind of felt like after Josiah made the three to tie the game that Tennessee had uh, unlocked the basket, taken the cover off of the basket, but – I mean, you had numbers in that situation, and you pull out and you take a three. That frustrated me because I thought you you could have gotten to the rim and um, gotten a look, I mean, two inches from the basket or or gotten fouled and and gone to the free throw line and and make one of those free throws and and you win the game. And and we're sitting here laughing about it today instead of being frustrated. Yeah. I mean, obviously you you don't enjoy losing games and – uh, it's frustrating when your team loses, but this is this is a lesson that you that you want to learn earlier in the season. What do you do when the shots are not falling? You want these lessons now rather than in conference play. What do you do when everyone's cold? Because everyone goes through a shooting slump, you know slump. As great as a shooter Steph Curry is, like I've watched the Warriors and he has struggled in a game. Everyone has that day. Everyone has that night. He struggled two nights ago. He's like one of 14 at halftime. Yeah. I don't know what he finished the game, but I, I remember seeing a graphic on social media that he was one of 14 at halftime. Everyone goes through it. The, the purest shooting form ever. Well, I think Clay Thompson's shooting form is, is prettier. But still, my point is. Steph, the greatest shooter of all time. I didn't say shooter. I said I know, form. I know. I, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was making a different comment. Yeah, yeah. So, like, everyone goes through that. Everyone goes through shooting slumps. I remember when you know Jordan Bowden went through it. Um, I remember when Admiral Schofield went through it. Like everyone goes through it individually. Tennessee, man, we went through it as a team. And when you go through it as a team, what else can you do? Too many missed layups around the basket. Olivier Camois, just dunk the ball. You're six eight. Dunk the basketball. Trying to use the backboard on a terrible angle on the feed from Kenny Chandler. You 6'8". Think about all of us short folks. 
All of us short folks that like basketball. You have one on your team, Olivier. What What do we tell ourselves? Short people. people I wish that, I could dunk. Man, if I, if I was able to dunk, I would dunk it every chance I get, right? Man, I would dunk on folks. You 6'8 walking around here, if your foot touched the paint, you should be trying to dunk on people's face. But instead, layup. They hit the back of the rim, rolled off. Um, I think Folky had a uh, Miss Bunny. Viscovi had a Miss layup. Perfect pass. Those are the things that's frustrating because you can go look at the three-point attempts and how, how we're shooting the basketball and how we're missing. But, man, go look at those missed layups. And I know they're going to see plenty of those, you know, in film study. But that's a game you, you learn from. You flush. Like, this is not football where, like, all right, man, this loss is going to it's gonna devastate you. It's the difference between going to this bowl or not going to Atlanta or the season is over. There's no reason to freak out. This is the first loss like this. Now, the $5 million coach and Rick Barnes needs to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, well, when we have these type of nights, Folky, Olivier, Kennedy, guys that we know can make plays in the paint, Josiah Jordan-James, like we can't live on the perimeter as much. We got to get to the basket. We got to get to the free throw line. When I thought, I thought that they did try at times, especially in the first half and a couple of times in the second half. But Texas Tech, man, they were defense. cutting off all driving lanes. Great defense. And they were staying in front of, of Kennedy all night long. Uh, John Fulkerson, every time he would touch the ball, he, he would try to get a post move, and Texas Tech was in his face the entire way he was trying to get a shot off. I mean, there, there was the the, the put-back dunk that he had in overtime um, off of a missed layup, and then there was a, a pass earlier in the game, I think from Kennedy, where Kennedy dumped it off to him real quick and he got it up real quick, and, and it wasn't really contested. Those were the only two baskets all night that I can remember off the top of my head in which – Folky got got a shot off easily. Easily, I mean, Tech was was in his face, everybody's face, all night long. They, they were in the gaps every single time Tennessee tried to drive. Uh, so I, I think that kind of scared Scovey and Kennedy uh, away from driving, and and Josiah as well. I mean, we were not getting clean looks. Not we were from three, but in terms of like trying to make an adjustment because the threes weren't falling and getting to the basket, I mean, they, they were not any easy shots. That, that Texas Tech defense was, was legit, absolutely legit. Well, you, you drive the ball to the basket, man. You, you try to be aggressive because you might pick up a foul. You know, referees don't, don't call fouls for you. If you're not being aggressive, if you are being finesse and shooting the ball from the perimeter and you don't drive, you may not have anything, but drive the basketball, uh, go into someone's chest, draw a foul. Texas Tech had 21, excuse me, 25 uh, free throw attempts and Tennessee only had 16. You mean tell me that, 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 that um, if Tennessee would have driven the ball a little bit more, that that number wouldn't be. More for Tennessee as far as free throw attempts. I can sit here and tell you that they would definitely get more. But mm -hmm. our shots were open from the outside. We we took those shots because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take good shots. 
Like I just you know, we watching the game right now, and Jordan uh, Justin Powell shoots a wide open jumper, and it's online, it's long, it's pretty. It just doesn't go in. He gets Tissy gets the rebound. He gets another shot, and then the second shot is short and offline. So like you go back and you look at those three pointers and you analyze. All right, man, it's a shooter. All right, these these shots are not good shots as far as my technique, as far as the location of the basketball when it's hitting the rim. It's open, therefore it's a good shot, but technically we can't allow the ball to fall short. You have zero chance of making a basketball when the ball is short and hits the front of the rim. So as a shooter, you go back and you fix and adjust you know, your, your form, maybe it's something in your, with, your, with your legs and your hips, you're not getting the ball um, to the rim. Um, you're not using your legs. Who knows what it is? It could be a number of things. But you, you look at that and you make that adjustment. But you got to keep shooting when you're open, man. You got to keep shooting. You got to keep shooting. Now, for Josiah Jordan James, he's going to have to have that talk with Rick Barnes. Does he continue to shoot? Because not only is he struggling, but his, his, he's hurt. Like his fingers hurt on his shooting hand. And right now he's like shooting like fifteen percent. It's not great. I mean it's 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 not great at all. Now he's the one that 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 got us to overtime. Now he got us to overtime now. I mean that shot was was confident. He 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 let it fly, but fifteen percent was being generous. He is twelve percent from the, three right now. Yes, and. The the three point shots from last night is is not what concerns me moving forward. No, six of forty is atrocious. I was as mad as all y'all were last night watching that performance. I mean, it was it was frustrating. You're, you're getting open looks and they're not falling for anybody, for anybody. I mean that that was frustrating as all get out. But that's not my concern moving forward because Tennessee's not going to shoot that poorly. Again this season, I'll tell you that right now. I guarantee you they don't t- they don't make fifteen percent of their threes in a single game the remainder of the season. They're not going to shoot six of forty from three again. I mean, it, I told Swain this before the show. If they just have a bad night shooting the basketball instead of a night from hell, they win that basketball game. I mean, if they go twelve for forty, which would be around twenty five percent, I think. Do a math off the top of my head. You know how that goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve forty. That's estimate, that's around twenty five percent. I mean, that's not a good night either. But Tennessee wins the basketball game. I mean, if they just have a bad night last night, they they win the game. And and I didn't think a good. I only thought like a couple were were bad threes. Like Kennedy had two shots that that were early in the shot clock that he probably should not have. Not probably he should not have taken. Like the one, I think there was one in overtime. Or in, in the last couple of minutes, there's one towards the end of the game where he he took a deep three with a guy in front of him early in the shot clock, and he just you just you just can't take that shot. But my biggest concern, Swain, moving forward, is what is Plan B, Plan C when Plan A shooting threes is not working yep. because they don't have a guy that they can throw it down into the post right now, and I, I think that's that's the biggest issue. Is I mean you don't really have anybody you can should be folky. It, it should be. Should be. Also should be Olivier. And you detailed Olivier's tough night. I mean, he looked 
he he did not look good at all. I mean, he looked uncomfortable. He looked like the moment was too big. Like uh, a freshman. Uh, yeah. Freshman and sophomore Olivier Camois showed up last night. Mm-hmm. And and I realize that his numbers aren't like through the roof this year or anything, but I mean, he he hasn't looked like a freshman or sophomore at any time this season despite the numbers. And he looked like one of those young players last night. And Folky, I mean, he I mean, he, he's not making it happen either. I mean, he, Olivier, Uroch don't need to be playing more than a couple minutes a game. Ten minutes is too much time for, for Uroch, in my opinion. And that was ten minutes in a 40-minute in a game, not including overtime. So I, you got to figure out somebody in the post who can, can make something happen when, when shots aren't falling, and that's not happening right now. Uh, we'll take our first break of the morning. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to, to point out what we didn't do right, but we still have a good team, and the sky's not falling. It's basketball. you got 30 games, so you fix what happened, um, and then you move forward. You learn your lesson, and the, the biggest problem would be not learning from this lesson. Like, you got to grow from the L. If you don't grow from the L, then you wasted an opportunity to, to get better after uh, losing a game. So you learn from this, you get better, and then you move on. But this ain't football, folks. Just relax. Hate that we lost. Just got to improve. Got a chance to do that. So ain't a vet. Be right back. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. 
Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. You're playing in a football game and it starts raining out of nowhere. You have to adjust, but guess who else has to adjust as well? That's the other team. The other team has to adjust too. And basketball, it's about those rims, man. It's about the depth perception, sometimes in a new arena. We see this happen a ton in NCAA tournament because you're playing different locations. You're not used to the background, the backdrop behind behind a rim. So everyone has to get used to that. Everyone. Man, last night, all four teams that played on this court had to get used to the tight rim because neither team shot great. Texas Tech was 19 for 61, full goals. Tennessee, 19 for 71. Texas Tech shot 31%. Tennessee shot 27% from the field. Ugh. Ugh. Texas Tech shot 
17% from three. Tennessee shot 15% from three. Ugh. Here's, here's a stinker. Free throws. Tennessee was 50%. 50%. Free. Free. That's like getting fouled on your day off. Free. Free 99. Free throw. No hand in your face. Nothing. Not even, you're not even on the road, so no one is even you know, yelling at you, telling you to miss it. Like I've been going to high school, middle school basketball games, so you you know you you hear those cheerleading cheers, those chants when you get the free throw line. You scared, <laughs> you scared, you shaking, you know you ain't gonna make it. That's what I've been listening to. Is it? That's that's what I've been hearing. Middle school cheerleaders, high school cheerleaders. You scared? You shaking? You know you ain't gonna make it. You ain't. You don't even hear that. At neutral site games. It's quiet. Everyone's chilling, eating popcorn. And both teams shot terrible from the free throw line. But, Ben, it wasn't just a Tennessee-Texas Tech game. No. It was not. It was also the Villanova-Syracuse game that was played after Tennessee and Texas Tech. You gave the numbers for Tennessee-Texas Tech, so I'll give you the numbers for Villanova-Syracuse, the, the second game. Syracuse shot 35% from the field. Villanova shot 32% from the field. Syracuse was 5 of 15 from 3, which is 33.3%. Villanova was 13 of 50, 26% from 3. At the free throw line, Villanova was 4 of 6. Syracuse was 8 of 15, 50 Three percent, and two things that I will add to these shooting woes in the second game is a, as you mentioned during the break, what did Buddy Bayheim shoot? Hey, one of the best shooters in the country. Yes, absolutely. Hey, pure. Yes, pure. That stroke is pure. Maybe the best shooter in the country. He is that good from from distance. He has one of the best strokes that that you'll see on the basketball floor. Three of fifteen from the field. O of five from three. With Buddy Beheim last night. And also, like I said a moment ago during the opening segment, if Tennessee just has a bad shooting night instead of a night from hell from three, they win that game. Because that's literally what Villanova did. Villanova, what I say, they were 26%. Uh, they were, I took it down in front of me. They were 26% from three. But they made 13 of them. They made 13 of them. Tennessee finished six. If they if they just make four or five more, Tennessee, they win the game by double digits. Because it's not like Texas Tech was making shots either. Their offense was just as sorry last night. Now, Tennessee's defense deserves a lot of credit. I don't think it was personally as great of a defensive performance as as the the final score indicates. Because I I thought Tech got a lot of open looks like Tennessee, and and they just weren't making them, uh, and something I'm concerned about Tennessee's post-play offensively moving forward. Something else that I am also worried about moving forward in terms of Tennessee's defense, and I've been worried about their on-ball defense. That reared its ugly head again last night. There were several times in which a Tennessee defender could not stay in front of his man. 
then the entire defensive the the entire defense collapses. Tech kicks it out for an open three, and they just weren't making them last night, just like Tennessee was not either. The 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 not being able to stay in front of your man, the on ball defense, and the over helping yet again. It, it's been a consistent theme under under Barnes the last couple of years. The the over helping when you don't need to over help has also led to open threes this season, and and really did last night. So uh, they they've got to get. They've got to get that cleaned up because the only reason they were able to stay in it and have a chance to win it despite a terrible shooting night is because Tech missed so many open threes just like they were. I, I know a lot of the tensions on the threes. If you shot 56% from the free throw line, you win. Yeah. 56% you win this game. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You know, Three-pointers, I get it. It's, it's, it's the, 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 the flashy, sexy part of the game that everyone pays attention to. You see the dunking, finishing at the rim, or shooting three-pointers. I get it. But as a team, you should never shoot 50% from the free throw line. So you learn from this. You move on. You got a, you got a test coming up here in a couple days. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know how confident I am that – you know, we'll, we'll beat Memphis. I don't know. I have, you, I have no clue. I'm with you. They they should. They should. But, Swain, I, I think it is possible that that this type of shooting performance, not that bad, but a, a, a performance in which they shoot themselves out of a win is capable on any given night. I do believe that. I, I, I don't think that it will happen on every single night like last night. But I, I really don't know what, what you're going to get from Tennessee from three. I, I, I think that they are, they are going to be inconsistent uh, at, at times because you and I kind of talked about this before the show, but there's, there's some guards who have been very inconsistent from three the last two years. Uh, Victor Bailey Jr., has been inconsistent, he, and I don't get it. He has a pretty stroke, but he he's inconsistent. Santi can be inconsistent. I mean, at times, Josiah is inconsistent. Most 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 everybody in college basketball is inconsistent shooting a three. There's only there's only a few Chris Loftons, JJ Reddicks. I mean, yeah, Buddy Bayons. There's <laughs> only, there's only I mean, a few I get of those that, dudes. but I'm not like that's not even the standard that I'm holding holding them up to though. Like, like there are nights where they go one of six, one of seven from three, or O of four, O of five. And then the, the next night they'll show up and they'll go three for four. And then the next up. night they'll go O for four. Yeah. Like, the, the, it's, it's not that they're, they're inconsistent. It's how dramatically they are inconsistent from three. It's like it's all or nothing, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's part of it. I, I just you go through shooting slumps, um, and your stroke can be per- pretty, everything can be great mechanically, and just the ball just does does not fall, and it's it's the most frustrating thing ever. Um, and you got to try to find a way to get yourself out of it, get yourself out of the rut um, by doing other things to help you help your team win, like playing defense or or being a great screener or being a great rebounder. Um, you know, we mentioned a lot of things that's a big question moving forward, but man, where where are we gonna find offense rebounds? 
because when we missed the shot, it was a wrap. It was a one and done on that possession. Uh, we got to find a way to hit the glass. And I think when you go four out one, one in with Folky and you put Josiah at the four, I mean, that's a question that um, – that you, that you got to ask if you're Rick Barnes and try to find the answers to. You got to get on the glass offense rebound wise. Um, 865-255-03. So you got South Carolina Upstate. You got UNC Greensboro the next couple of games. Uh, you play UNC Greensboro on on Saturday. And then you come back on the 14th and on Tuesday and you play South Carolina Upstate and these are your two games to fix your stuff get your mess handled before you play Memphis next Saturday at noon and then you play Arizona and then you play Alabama to open SEC play so this is an L that can be beneficial for Tennessee if they improve. They if learned they, from the Villanova loss. They did. They have to learn from this one. And they don't have much time to learn. You got two games before you play Memphis, Arizona, and then SEC play opens up at at Alabama. So you're going to hear some, some, some free throw cheers from the cheerleaders, <laughs> like <laughs> high school and middle school. So I went to, uh, I went to the Fulton Farragut basketball game last night. So I came back home and 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 watch rewatch um the the game. So I got all these cheers in my in my in my head man. I'm trying to get out uh as we speak. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Don't you dare put that on us, Ricky Bobby. Like <laughs> like just cause you have awful cheerleading cheers stuck in your head doesn't give you the right to come on even though it's your show doesn't doesn't give you the right to come on these airwaves and get your awful thoughts in in your head stuck in our head too. That's just I just said it two times. Well, yeah, but now bringing too much attention to it shouldn't be mentioned at all. Quite frankly, hey man, I'm mentioning high school sports in, in Knoxville. I'm bringing attention to high school sports. Oh no, 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 don't don't make don't don't put that spin zone on. That's not what I said. I said don't mention the cheerleaders' cheers because we don't want hey, that stuck in our head. They're important, man. They're important. They do they do a good job. They're part of the game, Ben. Don't discriminate. See, I got you. All right, who's on the phone? Camden, Tennessee Vol. Cam, good morning. Morning. How y'all doing? Man, good, man. How are you? Ah, uh, great, great, great. Listen, uh, I love the show. Y'all know I've text for a long time. Calling in makes me nervous. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's crazy. I talk for a living for the most part. But uh, y'all, uh, y'all had talked about offensive rebounds. I mean, I'm just curious. Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I, I missed the first 10 minutes of the game, but you're sitting there thinking, you know, uh, it, the shots ain't falling, you're giving these other guys minutes. Uh, he can offensive rebound, and you can also got a big guy to go down low. I mean, oh, I, mentioned, I mentioned offensive rebound. I just, I just mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You already mentioned it, and it, I mean, he's a guy. And so over the time with Barnes, that's what I worried about. You know, he's a great coach. People want him uh, calling for his job is crazy. But, I, but, you look at it, sometimes over the past few years, I've looked back and I've just said, why are these five the five in the game right now? I mean, you look at some of our lineups last night, you said, or Rose, I mean, you got 10 minutes, and then sometimes with uh, Big Bailey Jr., you're sitting there looking, uh, 
get what was he hurt? Was Hatfield hurt or? Man, I, 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 I think I, I think when you when you looked at the the Colorado game, you saw how effective four out one one is uh, one was for us. Excuse me. It makes guys like Brandon uh, Huntley Hatfield's business go down because who is he going to be? Is he going to be the four in that in that you know one in four out? No, he's usually going to be the one that's in. So now he has to split those those reps with Olivier and split those reps with. Uh, Folky and Folky is going to get those reps over, you know, Olivier and um, Hatfield, and so we've seen Olivier's numbers go go down from early in the season to the Colorado game. Like Olivier didn't play a ton in the Colorado game, so now Rick has to kind of figure that out. And that's part of this part of the season is determining. All right, what's my best? What's my best lineup? What's my best five? And at one point, it was it was it was it was. Four out, one in. Something that Dane Bradshaw uh, talked about in his broadcast early in the season when they, when he called the Tennessee game. But then you learned last night that okay, if he ain't making shots, all right, what lineup do we need to go to now? And that's what Rick Barnes and his staff needs to figure out. That was a good lesson last night. All right, and that's you got another. Yeah, and I agree. But you got another team in uh, Arizona too. You're gonna have to play this big like that. And you wonder if we gonna and I like the small lineup that we go to a lot, but you wonder if you shouldn't try to throw a, a bigger lineup at times, you know. Should mm-hmm. you should you have uh James with uh with uh BHH and uh and uh uh your uh Ali. As I say radio makes me nervous, you're a guy from Finland there and uh Olivia Olivia uh, Yeah, Olivia Camo. Uh, so so you wonder if those are the three Because last night the, I mean they were more physical than us. They and, were. And they wanted to rebound more. Yep. So you you might want to try throwing something at them next time. But, hey, I love what you guys do. Be a be a supporter to, to the day I die. So uh, y'all you. have a good day. Thank you. I thought, I thought, I thought Camden hit the nail on the head when he talked about how, how physical and more aggressive um, Texas Tech was than us, man. We, we just look, we look finesse, man. Two finesse in the paint, and that's – that's I I thought Olivier would be different, and he has been this season. Just last night, he 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 played a little soft. I think Folky plays a little finesse. Uh, he's he's played finesse. Now he's great, um, you know, blocking shots, and he's super athletic. But man, he gets pushed around a lot, and not much has changed from you know the last two years of, of watching number ten, you know, playing the post. He's a good player, but man, when you when you when you bring it when you bring it to him. He he um he retreats is what I what I've seen. Man, Folky is not a physical player at all. He's a good player, just not physical. I completely agree with Camden Tennessee Vols thought process of trying something different. BHH just does not move the needle for me. I mean, he threw him in there in the first half and he looked like a fish out of water. I mean he he, he looked like the moment was too big for him as well. And he, he he doesn't understand the the defensive schemes right now. He gets lost on defense. Uh, he he hasn't given you much on offense. And now I'm I'm all for giving BHH Urosh's minutes because I think long term you're going to need Brandon Huntley Hatfield at at some point. And the only way he's going to get get to the point of where he can legitimately contribute is is 
by him getting minutes in games, and I, I don't know that Uro should be getting those minutes, but that goes back to, to every coaching staff and in every sport in America. They're going to play the guys that they trust, and, and right now they trust Urosh more than Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Um, so I, I would definitely say Brandon needs to be getting Urosh's minutes, but like I'm right now I, I'd rather see Folky or Olivier out there. BHH just isn't moving the needle yet for me, and I, I realize he's the five-star and everybody's clamoring for him to, to come in, but he, he's not playing like a five-star. Right. Like it's, Rick Barnes is not afraid – to play freshman. Look at Kennedy Chandler and Zakai Ziegler. They're doing what they need to do in practice. When they get in the game, they don't drown, and and Rick leaves them out there. But Brandon comes in, and he looks like a fish out of water. He he, he looks like the moment's too big for him. And as long as that continues, Rick's not going to play him. The bigger gripe to me is Justin Powell only getting eight minutes, ten minutes. Eight minutes. Justin Powell can't, can't play eight minutes. I understand why why he pulled him in the first half. You mentioned the sequence where he had two threes on on one possession. He missed the the the, the wing corner, or corner, corner three. Th- was it corner three? Corner he three. missed that one. He was open. And then the wing three is a second miss. Yes, mm-hmm. and he kind of rushed that second one, and there's still a lot of time left on the clock. I think Olivier got the offense rebound, kicked it back out. They swung it to to Powell on the wing, and, and he, he threw it back up there. I don't I don't think Rick was a fan of him taking that shot after he had just missed one in the corner. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, why? Well, he, he pulled him, and he didn't come back in the game. That's, that's weird to me because he was open. That's, I mean, that's what you're in the game for, to shoot open shots. But I don't, I don't know what he was, you know, coached yeah, to do. I, I just imagine I that the guy who shoots the ball as well as Powell is one of your best three-point shooters. I mean, if, he, if, he, if you're open, man, you, you got to shoot it. And I know times when, like, guys get pulled if you don't shoot it if yes. you're open. Like, hey, man, your job is to shoot it. And if you don't shoot it, I'm taking you out. Yes, but I think it's a fair assumption that Rick did not like that second three-point attempt on that possession because he, he pulled him yeah. and he didn't come back in the game. Yeah, And we, we know how Rick is when, when somebody messes up, especially somebody that has not earned his trust yet. You don't see them the rest of the game. And that was the case with Justin Powell. And then in the, the second half, he played one minute, two minutes. I mean that that's not enough. He he's he has as much offensive potential as anybody on your roster and you're struggling for offense and he only played 8 minutes total and 2 minutes in the in the second half. 2 minutes in the second half from Justin Powell is is the the biggest gripe. Everybody's focused on on Brandon Huntley Hatfield and I'm not picking on Camden Tennessee Vol. I've I've seen it on social media on the message boards. Everybody's clamoring for for Brandon Huntley Hatfield and I get it he's the five star but to me he's a fish out of water right now the bigger gripe is Justin Powell not playing more he's I think he has as much offensive potential as anybody on your roster and I mean you're not really using him what's the next uh, media availability maybe this is you know these these type of questions are usually um, asked of the coach when the coach talks to the media so when's the next one I don't know they they usually uh, announce one a day or two after the game, so I'm sure we'll get an email today saying that. I bet there will be one Friday since they play Saturday. They, they usually have one Thursday or Friday ahead of a Saturday game, and we haven't had one because they've they've been on the road for almost a week now. So that'd be a, that'd be a good good question to ask. Uh, oh, it, and I'm sure it will be asked. It, it will be asked. Not even I'm sure it will be asked. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah, it needs to be. Uh, he's a good 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 shooter. Had a great. 
true performers not too long ago and 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 I th- I th- this is me thinking out loud. I think that Rick doesn't play him as much because of of his defense which he he's not a good defender. He he's not. But my retort to that would be you're willing to play Victor Bailey Jr. 20 minutes. You're willing to play Victor Bailey Jr. 20 minutes. Victor Bailey's a better defender. He's, he, he's not a good defender. That's, it don't matter. But the point that I'm getting to is that I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit on the defensive end to make up for what Bailey does not give you offensively and what Powell would give you offensively. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Ben. I don't know, I don't know if, if coaches – would do that. I, I don't think that he would. That that's yeah, why I said. I don't this think is most me. coaches would, would sacrifice give you know having a guy who's the weakest link on defense to have an advantage on offense because offensively, all right, you you can have you know four other guys. Let's say Victor Bailey is better than Powell defensively, but is not as good as Powell offensively. Well, that's okay. Because now on the offensive side of the floor, you rotate the ball, uh, you, you know, you get the ball to the right place, you get an open shot. You can afford to do that, to have a little bit um, of a disadvantage offensively. But defensively, man, you, you, you can't risk having a guy in there that is the weakest link because you're going to give up points. So I don't know what coach would sacrifice – not having the defense advantage just to have more offense. I, I, I just don't know. Where Powell needs to find ways to, to get those minutes is, you know, being being a great passer, being a great screener, um, being really good at his cuts, cutting hard, playing hard, being a, a glue guy like Dane Bradshaw was when he was here, um, continue to get better defensively. I don't – I'm not going to sit here and say that that Victor Bailey is a good defender, but we're talking about minutes between Powell and minutes between Bailey, and Bailey is a better defender than Powell right now, which is why I think you know, Powell's not playing as much as Bailey. So they got to figure that part out. Um, I thought defensively, you know, we did some good things. We are a good defensive team, but you got to find a way, and Powell is about him finding a way, to get himself on the floor, stay on the floor, and be a help to his team. Know he can shoot the basketball, but he can't play if you can't play defense. That's kind of like the the standard rule in basketball. Like you just my point is that no work around there's no work around it. He he's not atrocious enough on defense to where he's unplayable. Is my point. He okay. he he's not bad enough on defense to where he should be playing eight minutes in a game where you're struggling to make shots. I think that's a question for Rick. I would love to know that answer. Well, I mean, I, that, that's why I said I'm, I'm thinking out loud. We know how Rick is. Rick's not going to play you if he doesn't trust you on defense. So it, it is the defense with Justin Powell. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't know what coach is going to play a guy that like, don't trust on defense. Like, <laughs> VJ may be ahead of Powell right now on defense, but it's not like VJ's a good defender either. VJ consistently gets blown by as well. And he's, he's caught it. falling asleep on, on defense several times this season. There, there's been some lackadaisical plays from, from VJ. So I, I just don't think that it's just Powell's defense is to the point to where there, there should be a 12-minute gap in, in minutes. Yeah. Uh, 
Trey Wilson says we shot 15% from three. We need the better offense player in. Dude, Powell didn't make it either. That's the point. The whole team struggled shooting the basketball. The whole team struggled shooting the basketball. Victor Bailey, including Justin Powell. So it's not like it was a situation where, like, Justin Powell was knocking him down, and because he was a little bit, um, you know, short of the defensive end, that he wasn't playing, but you put Victor Bailey in instead, who was better on defense and was missing shots. No, both guys were missing shots. The whole team was missing shots. We were 12% from three. So the question to, to Rick Barnes is, all right, man, Powell had you know eight minutes. He had X amount of minutes in this game. What keeps him off the floor? What keeps Victor Bailey on the floor when both guys are shooting poorly? What keeps guys on the floor? That's the question, and I would love to know that answer because I, like a lot of people, like new shiny toys. I like shiny toys. I like new stuff. And Justin Powell is new. Brandon Huntley Hatfield is new. I like new. Zakai Ziegler is new. So I want to see those guys, and I want to know why they're they're not playing instead of creating a uh, you know a narrative that's not true, and we're just you know kind of spitballing trying to figure out you know what it could be without creating a narrative and running with it and 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 setting it in stone. Like I kind of want to know. All right, man. Like Powell was like perfect from the three point line not too long ago. You're. This team is not going to let you drive the ball to the basket. They're going to pack it in. They're going to help. They're not going to let you finish at the rim. You're going to have open shots. So when you when you have one of your best shooters on the bench, why is that? I want to know that. Yeah, I want to know that. 865-255-03. But Chip Payne's right, man. I wish people would chill out. Tennessee had a bad night. It happens. It's basketball. It's basketball. Like, the, the team played their ass off. They played hard. They played hard. They played hard. And it's not a thing where, like, oh, it's, you know, more victory. They just play, they play hard. No. They, like, you can't look at the effort and say the effort's a problem. It's, it's putting the ball in the basket. The bunnies, those have to be corrected. The three-point, you know, shots, man, you got to continue to shoot them. If, if they if, if they give them to you, all right. Let's get to the phones. David in Louisville. David in Louisville. That's basketball country right there. David. Good morning. <laughs> What's up, Swain? What's going on? What's up, man? Now, just my takeaways from the game, real quick. Like you said, effort was there. We held a team to forty-two points in regulation, or whatever it was, forty-five. We know what we shot from three, but. You know, really, we made it kind of simple for Texas Tech's coach to put on the Colorado film and say, okay, this this five-star freshman point guard is not going to beat us because we're going to zone it up and we're going to pack it in. And then you all mentioned it. On the offensive end, on the offensive end, we got punked. We did. When the ball hit the rim, we got punked over and over and over again. I know we didn't have more than five offensive rebounds. And when we did, we put the ball back up and it didn't go in. 
I mean, it was a, it was an atrocious night. Everything that could have gone wrong offensively went wrong. Mm-hmm. Josiah Jordan-Zanes, wide open, two-handed slam, and a sniper from wherever he was at hit him right in his leg and dead-legged it, and he got hung. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean stuff like that, just you can't make it up. But the defensive effort's there. We just got to figure out when a team wants to zone us up and say, all right, live and die by the three. We got to figure out either are we are we gonna are we gonna go through this and and hopefully you know cooler heads prevail and we do have shooters on our team and we won't shoot three percent for the game or whatever it was from behind the arc. But Texas Tech coach said, "Look, this freshman Coyard is not gonna cross over, penetrate, and do what he does at the rim over and over and over again. So we'll zone him up, and if anyone gets in the lane, we're gonna double team him." And they're going to beat us behind the arc, or they're going to lose, and we're going to win. And when the ball hits the rim, y'all are going to out-muscle Tennessee, punk them, take the ball, and go down and try to score. And they had a very, very hard time scoring, too, because the effort was there. It was. The effort was there. The intensity was, the intensity was there. I mean, I'm, looking yeah. at, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at one offensive the sequence here, like Kenny Chandler did a great job finding Viscovi, wide open shot in the corner. The ball is shot perfectly. The rims is just so tight, man. The ball just wasn't gonna go in. Just wasn't gonna go I in. I mean, the only other thing, the only other thing we could have done last night, if we wanted the three to go down, was Rick could have hopped, you know, two rows back and asked Allen if he had that fourth year eligibility and just said, "Hey, bro, I know you're old." But can you just go stand in the corner and put a couple in for us, and we'll get a dub? I mean, that's literally the only thing we could have done last night, and that's that's the game. I mean, sometimes the ball just does not go in the rim. There were not a ton of bad looks. There were some quick shots, but even the quick shots outside of a couple were wide open. Were wide open, and there was a lid on the basket, unfortunately for. The entirety of the game, including overtime, and really the worst three we shot was Joe Size pull up to tie it with a hand in his face. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as I know, we had to, we had to get a bucket. Don't get me wrong. So he didn't have much of a choice. But that look compared to the ones that didn't fall was, uh, you know, more contested and, and more of a throw your hands up. Like, wait a second, is that really a good shot? Because, like you said, Vescovi. How many times, if you gave him those shots again, how many times, you know, gave him those shots again for the next 10 games, how many times is he going to look like that? My my answer is zero. Yeah. He's not shooting He's not shooting 20%, two for 10, where, you know, his shots were good, open shots where he's on balance. And, you know, he did have one kind of, you know, off balance a little bit. But, I mean, still, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible shot at all. Um, and you practice those along, you know, all the time. But like two for ten, I don't think Viscovi is going two for ten uh, at any point uh, of the season moving forward. But I'm with you, David. Man, I am with you. That that play from Josiah, and, and I was actually uh, more afraid of what happened than like, oh man, we missed it because I thought he blew out a tire for real, for real. Like I thought he towards ACL or tore some ligaments up uh, because when that knee buckles, sometimes, the you know, and this is 
What happened with me, my sophomore year at spring practice, what led to me getting my first knee scope because my knee kind of buckled and my kneecap chipped off, you know, some ligaments there because of the hyperextension, and I had to go in and get it cleaned out. That was what I thought about when his knee buckled. Is oh my goodness, is he going to be hurt? Because we see we've seen guys do that and go down and be out for a significant amount of time. So I'm just glad that he's okay. Hate that he missed it, and if he makes it, you know, Tennessee possibly wins. Hour two coming up.